0: Welcome to TNS, the new school at Commonweal, a collaborative learning project exploring nature, culture, and consciousness. Join us now for a conversation with Rabbi Elliot Ginsburg and host Erwin Keller, titled Bathing in the Waters of Possibility, Mystical Tools for Healing and Renewal.
1: And it's a pleasure to be back here at the new school, um, to be back in the in the discussant role, and especially today with my teacher, my mentor, and my friend, uh, Rabbi Elliot Ginsburg. Um I want to introduce you, Elliot, for a moment, but then maybe we can dig right in with the nigun and some teaching, uh, sure. a little text study, and then just burst out in all directions from there. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, as I said in my Facebook post about today, I said, uh, uh, Reb Elliot's mind is a beautiful whirlwind. And I think, I think you're all going to get a sense of that. Today, um, Reb Elliott is a professor of Jewish thought and mysticism at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. And he's rabbi of the Pardes Chana, which cleverly means something very close to Ann Arbor. Um, Pardes Chana uh, Minyan in Ann Arbor. Uh, he received his PhD from the University of Pennsylvania, taught at Oberlin before coming to Michigan, uh, he's received an NEH fellowship and a Kellogg Foundation grant supporting his scholarship. Uh, Reb Elliott has written two books on the Kabbalistic celebration of Shabbat, of the Sabbath, and he's currently working on a scholarly study of Jewish mystical prayer and meditation. He was ordained by Rabbi Zalman Shachter Shalomi in 1998, and is senior faculty in the rabbinic ordination program of Aleph Alliance for Jewish Renewal, which is the program that I'm studying and, in and God willing will receive my ordination in in just a couple of months. Uh, Reb Elliott is the reason that I am in that program. I first had the opportunity mm. to study with him yeah. at a retreat in 2004. And the impact of it was really so deep and the stimulation so intense that, um, that Reb Elliott remained like very pre- present in my mind and my spirit uh, over the subsequent ten years, until I was at a decision point about going to rabbinical school, um, and one of my conditions for entering the program was that um, I would be allowed to have Rev. Elliot as my as my mm. academic advisor.
2: Oh. So, Elliot, welcome! Thank you, Erwin. I, I didn't know
1: some of those things, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did teach at Oberlin. It's true, I did, and who knew. <laughs> And we're going to today be, uh, you know, you, Reb Elliot, are sort of a a walking compendium of mystical texts and practices. And you're also kind of a polymath. Like uh, when you talk about mysticism, you're also talking about music and art. Um, And you have your fingers in many fields. And so really anything can happen today. Um, And God willing, anything will happen today. (laughs) Um, Let me, uh, why don't I invite you... We were uh, talking about maybe starting with that uh, Rebbe Nachman dvekesnigen. Mm -hmm. And when I say something like Rebbe Nachman dvekesnigen, I need to um, pay attention to the fact that lots of people in this room would not be able to recognize those words. And so uh, I'll do my best to stop so we can clarify. And if there are things we're talking about and we're starting to fall into jargon, feel free to put that into the chat. And Kira, feel free to jump in and stop us. Beautiful. So I want to say, I
2: know we, uh, Erwin, you and I both spoke about this, that um, our learning today um, is really, we want to dedicate it to to our beloved friend, uh, Rabbi Sarah Talver, um, who is in that liminal space, um, alive, but we don't know for how much longer. And a person of of brilliance and promise and um, deep kindness and, and love. And so our soul, our hearts are connected To you, Sarah, at this time,
1: may you be wrapped in light. Sarah bat Perlasia veYosef Nachum. Yes.
2: Here is the nigun or the wordless melody.
3: (Sings) I I I ay, 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 I ay, 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 I I, 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 Na ya na 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 ay, ay, ya 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 na ay, 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 Hiya, <speaking> I <in Spanish> <speaking in Spanish>
1: Amen. Salah. <laughs> so, Rev. Elliot, maybe you can, um, let's unpack what we just did. Um, tell us a little bit about the tradition of Nigunim, where that comes from. And also that one is particularly, I think that one is a Dvekas Nigun. So tell us also, what is Dvekas and what is that practice like?
2: It's
1: oh, uh, a, a very
2: rich question uh, in a very few words. So that... Um, so uh comes from a, a Hebrew word of cleaving to, being connected to. In modern Hebrew, it even means to be glued to or Velcroed to in, in, in some ways. Um, and so it is a way of entering into loving communion um, with, in this case, with the divine. And, um, and so I, I like, I often call it uh, contact improv. Uh, as you know, because wherever you are, as the world shifts and our connection to the divine or to the ultimate shifts, we, we move and we try to find those those points of connection. Um, in some forms of dvekut, um, there, it, it, there is a kind of like velcroing. There's a sense of the, b- both uh, the person and the other, the soul and the other, um, uh, still having some kind of separate identity. Other times there's a softening of one's boundaries. It's like a Venn diagram or a mandorla, if you prefer that. And other times, um, it, there is a moving into the non-dual. Um, and so we are like a wave in the ocean of the divine, or we are like a drop in the fountain of being. What is, so,
1: how does the Nigun practice move us into Devecus?
2: Yes, that's a great question, because the way I often do it is you start with the self- and the, the, the self stretches and thins, and then you end up in a different place. And, and so it's a technique for transforming consciousness. Sometimes it is buoyed by longing. Um, sometimes it, 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 it's... Um, you're already starting with some sense of deep connection there and you are kind of plugging into it in a different way. Sometimes I feel um, that I'm being emptied. Other times I feel like I am being enlivened. I I go from uh, uh, 110 to 220 volts or something like that. (laughs) Um, And so you you sing your way there um, and some of the, the veils, um, and some of the armor comes off. Um, and, um, and then when you return again, it, uh, some, some channels seem to have been opened. Um, and you've, yeah. What,
1: what is the context in which you would do this? Are you waking up in the morning and singing in nigoon Sometimes, sometimes, um, uh, and I
2: do do that, but some, I have to confess that sometimes I do that softly. And I think sometimes you have to really do it loud and, and, and a, with different dynamics for, for it to really, really open. You have to be able to vibrate in, 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 at different uh, different frequencies and intensities. Um, but I will do that um, as a transition uh, when I'm entering into uh, in, into... Prayer, when i 'm entering sometimes into conversation, sometimes when I just want uh, uh, when I am walking I, I will I will do that sometimes when i 'm entering um, uh, uh, sometimes a home or a space, and sometimes when i 'm leaving I do it I, I, I will walk through the rooms and sing
1: mm. so how does this connect with, uh, uh, that was a nigun that's attributed to um, or connected to in some way, Rabbi Nachman of who right. uh, who is uh, the, great, uh, the great grandson of the Baal Shem Tov, who we consider to be the founder of the modern Hasidic movement, which was really quite radical in its day yes. um, with its, its uh, radical spiritual technologies. Um, how does your walking through the house singing in Yigun connect to <laughs> Rabbi Nachman's idea of Hidbodidut? If it yeah. does,
2: yeah, no, that, that's a, that's a great question. Um, the the word Hidbodidut uh, in Hebrew, maybe we could type it. In I'm that. typing. Yeah, wonderful. Yes, um, it means a a being alone with, um, but it more generally uh, is one of the key words in Hebrew for a kind of a meditative, uh, meditative practice. And um, so Nachman would go to the forest very often or to a meadow or to, to some place and pour his heart out um, in the vernacular, which for him was Yiddish. And he said, though, that if... You couldn't go outside doing it in a room is also is also a way of doing it. And I, 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 when I sometimes do it in, in a room, I feel, it's funny, but I feel I connect with some of the memories, the energies of, of, of the room where, where I've been. Um, so it, it, there is something of the, um, the, the context, the immediate. Um, surrounding and and some of the thoughts and memories that I have, but uh, that 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 enter in, um, enter into the song. Um,
1: when you say uh, thoughts and memories, is that what you're identifying as the energies in the room, or are you speaking about something more extrinsic to you and um, and m- more in divine realms?
2: Yeah, it's it, it's both. Um, you know, sometimes it's it's just being aware of, of, of the life that's unfolded in the room, Mm -hmm. right? Um, It could be an awareness uh, just a fleeting one of, of the other people who may have lived there and passed through of, of the people who may have been involved in, in working uh, in the, the the more than human realm of, of, uh, of other, of other creatures that might've been part of that, and in fact, are still there in, in, in the room, unbeknownst to me most of the time. So, so there's an awareness sometimes of, of that, bringing that in to, to, to the song. But sometimes, if it's a, you know, I, I'm thinking right now of something very specific, like the last time I was in my parents' house after they had passed and we had sold, uh, we sold it, and I was saying goodbye and so at that moment, uh, the, there, there was a way that I, I, I just wanted to kiss the walls as I was singing. And, and so the entire house became a kind of mezuzah, became a uh, mezuzah, that, uh, that, that object uh, in which uh, sacred scripture is written. And uh, it reminds us of, uh, 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 to be aware of, of the divine as we come and as we go in all our postures. And I felt that, um, you know, mizuzan in Hebrew actually comes from a word of, of moving lazuz, but it's like, what moves you, what moves you, and what moves through you. And, and I felt, and it's often at the limit at the threshold when you go from going inside and outside and, and the connection between them. And I felt like that was the last time I was going to be in that house in that way. And, I, I I had to I had to acknowledge that um, I had to be with it and in ways that I couldn't fully fathom, um, and so it was tied in with my parents and their passing and um and the new the the the, the, the wonderful new family that was moving in there mm. was going to be their home mm. so, yeah so. That went into that niggin that time. That's unusual. That's much more freighted than it sometimes is.
1: Um, The uh, Rebbe Nachman of Bratislav, whose nigan, nigun, whose wordless melody that was, Mm -hmm. um, you know, was very much about the aliveness all around us. And we have... um, we have a text, we, uh, we have a little text that we can study as a community this morning. And I'm wondering if we might want to move to that and just see the directions that that shoots us off into.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Can I just say one more thing? That Please. Is, because of course, it's like right after therapy that all the thoughts come to you at, when, you're, when you've left. Yeah. So um, when... When Nachman sings a nigun, and sometimes when it when it's working for me, it's like you are you are. I think I said you're going through different levels of consciousness. You're going through different worlds. You're trying to access um, worlds other than what you would ordinarily be aware of in you know ordinary discursive uh, consciousness. And so it's there's a way in which you you you. you, you for, for, for a while, you become aware uh, that we are, um, to use uh, the, the, the phraseology of our beloved uh, Reb Zalman, one of our, our teachers, one of our great teachers, um, uh, who said, imagine yourself um, or feel yourself to be a cell of the living earth, right? And, and, and that's a different way of, be, of being in the world. And it's one of the ways. It's not the only way. Right. But but it's it's there's a there's something fundamental there that we need to remember. And sometimes these songs are technologies that allow us to move through worlds of relation, worlds of of, a big mind, worlds of uh, where, where, you know, we're we're not the center of the universe, but we're part of this great symphony.
1: Cacophony. (laughs) Which is I, 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 again the the exact lead up to this uh, text, this very famous text by Rebbe Nachman, which is about music and mm-hmm. about um, not be, not being centered as a human being, but being aware of the of the music in all living and inanimate things, the music of, of creation um, so I'm wondering uh, Kira, if you could throw that document up on the screen share and uh, reb Elliott, i 'll just hand it over to you to to teach this however you would like
2: yeah no that that that's awesome so thank you Erwin. and um I, I have to say Erwin, it's it's a it's a foggengen it is a joy to to be to be talking with you i'm just really really feeling so grateful um, so this is um a, so just to, to remind people, um, when Nachman lived, he, he was born in 1772 in um, and uh, died in 1810. He was only 38 when he died of tuberculosis, and um, and he lived in Ukraine. And um, so this comes from uh, one of the major collections of his teachings. Um, and so I say, before there was Whitman, there was Nachman. Uh, we call it the Song of the Grass here, Shirata uh in, in Hebrew. And I, I think just the only thing I, I to say to set up for this uh, is that Nachman both used musical practice and I would say the metaphor of, of music um, to talk about the interrelationship between all life. Um, so that we're going to see in, in, uh, in a minute, um, he's going to be talking about a nigun, a melody, a melody. And he believed that, um, that everyone, all beings, uh, have sparks of the divine within them. And one of the words that he used, uh, for spark, uh, besides mitzots is Nikuda, which literally means a point. And for Nachman, based uh, following on uh, other earlier mystical sources, he saw that Nikuda, those points within us, those sparks within us, as vowels. They could be articulated as sounds. They also musical notes. That's one of the meanings of Nikita, is a musical note. So that spark of holiness within us is also some kind of open sound, like a vowel, and it's also a musical note. And within us, we each have our song. We each have a song within us that may be shifting, or maybe it's a, a core melody that we keep coming back to. And what does that mean? It means it's a, it's a vibration. It's a series of vibrations um, that bring us in alignment with, with what he calls a symphony of sound. He talks about uh, prayer being like walking through a field of flowers. And every word is another flower, but every word is also another another cluster of notes. And what we are doing is... Either fashioning a bouquet that we lift up um, to the divine beloved, or it is the song that, um, that that we are singing. So that's a little bit of of a of, of background there, uh, and now we'll jump in. He says, "No." He always starts with "No," um, and Erwin, I think it was you who who said. You know, he, he's probably also thinking a little bit in Ukrainian or, or Russian. So, da, yes, <laughs> right? In, 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 uh, in Russian. So, da, no, no deeply, no cellularly, that every wisdom has a melody of its own. It has its um, unique qualities, vibrations, um, worlds that are contained in those melodies each wisdom according to its nature and level, and from this level to level up to the very point of creation. So Nachman has this unusual teaching um, that usually you think that music brings you to the threshold of silence, right? And, and, And Nachman had a little twist on that. He says, music and language brings us to the threshold of silence. But beyond the silence, there is music for him. It is the music of Ein of the infinite. He thought of it as a kind of texture of music. He says, there is a melody that comes through nature of the sort alluded uh, to in the Psalm HaShemai Misalakrim Kvod El, the heavens tell of God's glory, the sky tells of God's handiwork. So we can... Um, we can understand that visually, but we can also understand it acoustically and in a certain way on the body in a tactile uh, kind of way, like being sung. And then he, here, this is, and he says, and in, indeed that that there is a new. We we always have to open to the new melody that's being sung through us, the Shir Chadash, the the new song, the song of. Songs that the song that awakens other songs. And then he, I love this part here, he says, And when our ancestor Jacob sent his ten sons to Joseph, who was in Egypt at the time, he sent a tune from the land of Israel along with them. Here we get into the words, uh, the, the wordplay that is so typical of these Hebrew texts, which I, the way I would put it, to stay with the musical metaphor, is that each word has multiple levels of meaning. So a single note is sounded, but in your mind you hear chords. You hear chords. You hear the resonances. And so we're gonna we're gonna see this in a second. And that is the meaning behind his words. That is Jacob's words. Take of the choice fruits of the land in your vessels. Um, so in the original context, what does that mean? It means bring him a gift, bring him something of the bounty of the land. zimrata But zimra, which is probably related in a word uh, to the word pruning in Hebrew, it's kind of the choicest, like you're making certain choices, uh, what to bring the choicest, it is a homonym in Hebrew for, for the for song. As Rashi explained, read Zimra in the sense of song. So how is Nachman reading it? Take something of the melody, the music of the land, um, in your vessels. Bring that melody which is uniquely yours. Bring so even the fruit here and some level, if we want to stay with the notion of the fruit has its own vibration it has its own song how how would we put it in probably in, in santa rosa a terroir or something like that you know it's like yeah right the, the, the microclimate of the vineyard right and something of the soil and the and the clouds and the fog and all of that um gives the the grapes um a a kind of unique quality in the same way here The fruits of the land, right? Uh, Of that has a kind of unique melody. Bring that melody with you. Um, And this is really tied into the notion that every every being has a unique nigun. And if we listen very carefully, we can hear that nigun. We can help draw it out. I'll say a little bit more about weaving it together in a, in a minute. Then he goes on to, he talked about shepherds a lot. And um, <laughs> for lots of reasons, it's, it's uh, you know, it, it's all around him uh, in, in where, where he was living, shepherds. And, uh, and there's a way in which each of us is a kind of shepherd. What does that mean? For every shepherd has their own special tune according to the grass and the place of the pasture right? So every blade of grass or every patch of grass, if you, if you want to be less fine about it, right, um, has its own kind of melody, its own terroir, if you will. and um, And every animal has its own special grass that it needs to eat. And that is what determines the tune. So what what is the tune that we are singing? What is it that we are taking in? What about the relationships we have, the, 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 the vitamins and toxins that we, that we take in? How do we work with that? What is the melody that we, that we are, are singing here? It says, every blade of grass sings a song of praise. And from the song of all the grasses, the shepherd's tune is made. Let's stop here for a second and, um, and just say, how is it that we access the, the melody of, of the land, right? Um, how do we listen? Um, what is, is, is the earth crying out and, and saying something to us?
0: You're listening to a TNS Conversation with Rabbi Elliot Ginsberg and host Erwin Keller.
2: How do we access that melody? Now, one of the ways might be through eating here. And, and in other places, Nachman talks about that, about in, in terms of what, you, what you're eating uh, at the time and how um, the, you know, he's thinking maybe about, meat or something here, uh, but, but it could be fruit. Um, and you can think of all of the melodies uh, that from the rain, from, from, the, from the earth, from the blades of grass, from the earthworms, everything that, uh, that uh, the, the, the tree, uh, everything that came in, the sunlight, of course, that came into, into that fruit. And how do we incorporate it? How does it alter us? Right How does it enter into our languaging and our prayers and our relationships, so you could eat it, but you also can access it via listening right and that 's what he 's doing he 's weaving together the songs of the, of the grasses, and that 's the the prayer that he 's taking and offering up he 's lifting it up he 's giving it back to, to the source of all life um, and so it um I'll read another paragraph and then I'll say a little more and stop. Um, If it were granted to you to hear the sounds of the songs and hymns of the grass, how each blade sings without pnea, it says in Hebrew, without ulterior motive or extraneous thought, without expectation of any reward, just being there, you would know how lovely and fair uh, their song is and how good it is to worship the Holy One truly among them. So here I'm gonna note something about the quality of attention because sometimes we can have one pointed attentiveness where in some ways we are letting the attention rest preferentially on say the breath, right? And other things are largely being shut out or you can be more panoramic and weave in the sounds. Here he would go to the, uh, into the meadow or the forest and, and, and weave in the, the song of the bird and, and of the grasses. And it's as though the, um, that the world is praying uh, for, for Nachman. Um, so what else do I wanna say? I wanna say that this um, couple of associations that I have, Uh, with with this here. Nachman elsewhere in one of his teachings talks about a prayer leader. Um, Or you can think someone who serves, serves a community, but a prayer leader. He says that a prayer leader um, is someone who can hear the good points. Remember the word point means melody, can hear the inner melody that the people in, in the community or the congregation have and somehow weave in those different sounds, um, and I want to say it's good for us to take turns in, in that in that role because we can each hear those sounds differently and help draw them out differently. Um, and you know, and, and you have to wish other people well, Nachman says, and, and even wish yourself well, he says, in order to really to hear to hear that melody, to hear the inner melody and lift it up. Another um, couple things just want to say is um, that when, um, when Abraham Joshua Heschel marched in Selma, Alabama, um, uh, along with John Lewis and Martin Luther King and Ralph Abernathy and, a whole, and, and nuns and a whole array of, of, of people um, across the Edmund Pettus Bridge, that um, uh, it was said that he marched with a Hasidic Nigen in his heart. And so there, I think the melody is that which connects you to the source, that which helps you not to be seized by fear, um, and that connects you to what really matters. It, it, for, it was that, that, that connection, which was a soul connection, which was a song connection. And, um, and so I think, I think of that, as well. And so there's, there's a song, not just of the meadow, but of cities and of broken places and, um, uh, and, and, and vital and varied places. It's, it's in so many, so many ways.
1: Rabbi there's, there's a place where I, especially as we're reminding ourselves of ourselves as political beings as well. Okay. I'm thinking about um, the polarization that we're experiencing in this country, in this world, that um, it's, it's not hard for me to feel compassion towards the tree in front of my house <laughs> and uh, it, 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 and to feel identification with it. And it is very hard for me to feel uh, compassion towards somebody on the other side of the political spectrum. Um, and Rabbi Nachman, you know, is very much about finding that nikudah finding that spark of holiness in each person, hearing that melody um, and weaving that together, that's what, that's what makes prayer and that's what opens the gates. And um, how do you think, what, what, what was his thought? Or what's your thought about how we hold those with whom we disagree uh, virulently and um, about the, the fate of the world? How do we hold, uh, how do we hold in compassion um, and do we hold in compassion?
2: That's that's one of the questions, and that's that's the practice, and that's why we say practice doesn't make perfect; practice makes practice. Um, and I struggle with that mightily, mightily. And um, I, I mean, I know everyone has has a story and a context. Um, I, I do believe that, and and I remind myself sometimes of the of, of the practice of, of of seeing the the divine spirit. What I call the divine spirit. I, I use God language um, to talk about these things, and uh, that I see what, whether you want to call it the the image of the divine, or the spark of the divine, or the animating force of the divine. That it's even in those. Who wish me ill, uh, even in those uh, with, with whom I, I stand in in opposition. Uh, much of the time, there is some recognition that we are um, co-inhabitants of, of of this planet. I, I have to say that that is something that I, I I come back to. Am I someone, for example, who who can you know, wish well uh, to, to my to, to enemies and people. I think are very very dangerous. I I find that hard. I try doing that sometimes. I do. Um, I I'm not always very good at it. And um, I I I. I think so these are so. Sometimes I do. I, I have a little practice. It's maybe a little too hard to explain right uh, right, right now about seeing the aleph, the letter aleph, in uh, which means the one, the divine, in every every person's face. The the uh, and I, well, I, 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 it's uh, a kind of strange micrography uh, that in every being's face, and I can do it with cats, and but I can't do it with mosquitoes. And, and it's very hard to do with people who I think are, who have power, who are leading us in, in, in a very, very uh, dangerous, dangerous way. So I can wish them well, but I also in some ways will, will come up to, res- to resist um, some of the definitions and expectations uh, that, that they have. Um, I'll just give one last, this, this is just a pointing out instruction uh, for me. Um, And, and uh, yeah, so there is, I'm going to have to put this in the, in the chat here, or maybe you can do it Irwin. There there is an expression in Hebrew, Rav Shalom, Rav Shalom. And Rav, Means great is peace. R A V in English. Uh, great is peace, and um, and a early twentieth century mystic by the name of Abraham Isaac Cook said, "Don't think that Shalom, peace, well being, is where everything is of the same hue of the same color." He says it it is it admits of difference and diversity, and, and, and he says he learns that from the word rav itself, rav, which means great. He says rav is related in some ways to the word in Hebrew riv, riv, which means argument, argument. In other words, many different opinions. And he says that peace somehow can't be whole unless it finds a way to accommodate a multiplicity of co-creators, a multiplicity of viewpoints and fashioning that into into a whole where where people, different people have a certain place. And I understand what that means when we're all sort of on the same page. Right. And it's very, very hard to, to do that when, when the vessel of peace that we're creating seems to be, um, you know, sometimes shattered by, by opposing forces coming in. So I, I, it's something he's, he says, he, the word Rav also means teacher in Hebrew. So a teacher, according to uh, 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 Abraham Isaac Hook, is someone who can hold that diversity and that multiplicity and yet fashion
1: it into some kind of whole, because he was a mystic too. The, this conversation is sparking a lot of uh, a lot of activity in the chat that I just oh, okay, want, sure. just want to bring into the room. That uh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, uh, Ale Weisberg is, talk, is interpreting around the looking for the letter olive in yeah. uh, one's face and using that as a reminder to right. see the divine. Um, uh, Bruce is asking sort of the, the obvious question that this all leads to: is can can you find the spark of the divine in a Hitler? Um, yeah. The uh, right, which is the right. where this question always ultimately has well, to it always go goes, to there. yeah, it goes there and it has to go there. Uh, and uh, right. Leah Bowden from Roner Park says, uh, from my congregation, says I found it focusing on the thought that at some point in the other person's life there was one person to whom uh, they were pre- uh, they some person they had previously helped. Uh, or imagine them being uh, as imagine them as a precious baby or a child. Yes, At the yes. time they were loved. Yes. Um, Ross Andelman um, from Vancouver is saying, uh, yesterday in their study, one of the teachers says that in encountering bad road behavior, he yells out the window, tzadik, tzadik. <laughs>
0: Uh, which means <laughs>
1: the right. righteous one, saint, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. saint, saint. That's awesome. Attempting to convince the other as well as himself. I'm going to awesome. toss one into the mix too, is that uh, uh, a spiritual activist and friend of Commonweal, Caroline Casey, has a blessing practice. She has an elaborate and imaginative blessing practice. And her blessing practice is that you offer your adversaries a blessing that would uh, that would help address like what 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 the issue that you're spotting in them is, but as a blessing that you would also be happy to receive, right? Because you you, you you don't want to issue a curse because that will lest it bounce back at you. Yeah. You don't want to put that into the world. So, for instance, she might look at the head of the EPA or the president and say, may he be blessed to wake up tomorrow morning and the angels show him the world with new eyes and he feels a love for the planet Earth. Yes. Right? And so yeah, it's, absolutely. it's not about convincing, it's not about winning, and it's not about adversariality. It's about um, uh, putting, putting blessing into the world for something that, re- that, that we, could, we could all benefit from. Yep. That's gorgeous. All of those,
2: all of those.
1: And, and I love,
2: you know, also yelling out Tzadik, Tzadik, a righteous one. (laughs) That's, that's beautiful. And wishing, wishing that on others. And I mean, I have, I I have a picture of of baby Hitler and I look at it sometimes and, um, and, I have to say it took me a long time in the case of, of, of Hitler to, to, to read a, um, a biography of, of Hitler. As, as you know, Erwin, my, my, uh, my family was, um, was deeply uh, affected by, by the Holocaust and, and yeah, grew up with our grandparents, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so feeling... You know, understanding some of the twists and turns in Hitler's life and his relationship with his father and all that was hard. I finally got to the place I could do it. I, I also think of one of my favorite books uh, by uh, Stephen Mitchell, "Meetings with the Archangel," and and one of the practices that uh, the protagonist teacher gives him is to send meta, to send well being and love and compassion to Hitler. And he he does that practice over, over a year, right? And um, and and has all sorts of ways of gradually getting getting to that point. But I, I love the 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 notion that uh, that that, uh, that I can't remember the name of the, the teacher that you that you just mentioned. Uh, uh,
1: Caroline Casey.
2: Caroline Casey. That is spectacular. That's spectacular because wanna, it
1: doesn't doesn't sap you at, right.
2: at, at the same time as you 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 look. Nachman always talks about looking at the good and holding
1: a mirror up to the other, where they can see the the good. Um, Bruce in the chat is raising a question uh, about spiritual bypassing that I want to uh, perhaps expand and make it a little bit a little bit bigger, not just about mm-hmm. this particular practice that we're talking about, but about mystical practice overall. Um, which is, uh, you know, there's, it, it, I, I suspect that most of the people in this room are here because they're interested in mystical experience or they have meditative practices or mystical practices of some sort, um, that they devote actual time in their life hmm. um, to achieving some kind of oneness, um, to losing some sense of the limits of self, et cetera. And there's a question, in a world of action, are we, are we throwing away our time? In other words, like um, what, it, are, are we somehow stepping away from the troubles of the world and the action that's being demanded of us on this planet in this moment by doing this um, inner outer uh, work of, of mystical practice? So are, are you asking me? I'm asking, your, asking well, you. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> it is all related and 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 so I, I think to to, to 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 keep having points you can come back to, you know, to rebalance, to rebalance, to hold to hold a a a, a lar a large view um of uh uh, of, of seeing, yes, seeing the divine in the other, um, that that um, it, coming with um, w- w- with, I, I'd say this this kind of sense of connectedness, um, and uh, what I would say being using the nigun to to, to connect is to me really really important, and um, and it is. Um, it, it's all, it's, it's all part of, uh, of, of the same practice. It seems to me mm. of flowing in and flowing out. Right. And, 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 admittedly that there are times another Heschel story that, that, uh, one, um, uh, at the end of a long Shabbat, uh, Sabbath, uh, Um, In about 1967 or so, there's a knock on the door at Abraham Joshua Heschel's home in the Upper West Side of New York. And um, there was a a couple students over, Mrs. Heschel. And uh, who's at the door? But William Sloan Coffin, the great activist, uh, uh, Episcopal uh, 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 priest, and uh, Martin Luther King. And they had just uh, spent a couple hours in jail in some uh, civil disobedience. protesting the war, and they said, they were released, and they said, okay, let's go visit our friend Heschel, and Heschel says, ah, you're just in time for the last bits of Shabbos before we make Havdali's, it's Shabbos, and, uh, you know, the day on which we, um, we uncouple ourselves from our enmeshments in the world, right, and to, to experience another and something else. He didn't do it that didactically, but you get the idea. And he says, you know, the world that so needs healing. So sometimes we need to, we need to step back. We need to um, kind of re- rebalance and imagine what is possible and to live out in some ways uh, a, a life as though the world were redeemed. Um, you know, be the world you want to see something, you know, so that when you flow back, you can do it with different possibilities. Mm. And I think that that to me is, we have to find those practices that allow us to, to do that. I have a long teaching on that, but it's probably too com- <laughs> complicated with Hebrew.
1: <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit about Shabbat as a spiritual and mystical practice. And also, how people who, who don't come from a, a Jewish context might be able to mm. might be able to employ some of the Shabbat concept in a different way in their lives. Yes, that's that's a great question. A great question. So, um,
2: I would say that it is a day. 25 hours, 26 hours, however long in a, in a traditional sense of, um, living as though you were already redeemed. Um, it, and it's okay. I'll say it's a practice at that. We're not always at that place. And that means sometimes it's going to set you up for being upset <laughs> if you're not at that place. So that that's, a, uh, but there is, um, it, th- there's a different way of, of eating, a different way of walking, like you, you might walk more slowly on, on that day. You might have, um, you, you live as though you were loved, right? And and from the place of feeling loved, you turn to others uh, in, in, in love. Um, and that, the notion of Shabbat being tied to a sense of well-being and love is very, very important. Um, and, you know, no matter... Really what kind of there is a way in which you are ideally not measured by how much money you make um, and how successful you are in in the world of of, uh, of you know, consumerism, etc., cetera, et cetera. But there's a big the big
1: distinction thing. that Reb Zalman talks about is the distinction between commodity time. Yes. I was and, orga- <laughs> and organic time. time. Exactly. And, that commodity time, how the way we, we measure our lives in, in chunks of time during the week and mm-hmm. time has time is money. Time has value. So when you're, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm meditating, I'm, I'm not, I'm not postcarding. And if I'm, uh, or I'm not reading my emails, um, that time is very much about what you can fit into it.
2: That's right.
1: And on a, on a Shabbat, as um, the, the way Reb Zalman would uh, would experience it and the way on our very best Shabbat, on our very best Sabbaths, oh, we cool. experience it, right. is that it unfolds at its own pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to experience what it is like for time, um, to unfold, unpressured by our own needs and desires and exigencies. And it unfolds very slowly. Like the flow of time on Shabbat is Mm -hmm. completely different um, from, from weekdays. Yes.
2: Yes. That's, that's so beautiful. And, you know, another way that I like to look at it is uh, stepping out of the river of more uh, (laughs) M-O-R-E. And, and of the, 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 the compulsion that some of us have to, to acquire more um, to be more um, at, which comes from of course, a sense of, of not having enough, so it 's another way of looking it, it, living from a sense of enoughness of enoughness and um, and you know and so what are some of the practices? Uh, deep rest, which doesn 't mean necessarily doing nothing right um, it's a certain kind of sociability it's a certain way of uh of living more in harmony less intrusive ways with uh with the natural world um it is um you know blessing people and receiving blessings you know that to to bless another is to feel the blessing come coming through you to wish another another well uh, in that way, to um, to really imagine another way of being and practice it, practice it, and so that's uh, I, I think for for some of us, you know, for for people want to want to try it, um, it, it I would I would say maybe unplugging
1: is is, is <laughs> so everybody close your computers right now? Yeah, yeah. Which is but impossible. Steal this now. book,
2: which is impossible now. Right, right. Which is, you know, none of these things. I, I, I would say, are, are. It's very hard to, to make the. I won't make these as an absolute, right. Um, you know, Reb Zalman used used to say, if you wore a three piece suit uh, during during the during the week and on Shabbos wear, wear jeans in a in a shirt or a top, right. Um, if you um, if you you wore. Uh, uh, ripped jeans and and the and, uh, and shmata, some kind of shirt. You know, uh, on Shabbos, you might want to get zapitzel, or you might want to get dressed up a little bit, right? <laughs> and, and so there's, there's, you know, some diff, different way of uh, of, Change of, of habit. manifesting. I'm
1: sorry? Change of habit. Change of habit. Yeah,
2: yeah. Aglecha, yeah. Yeah, that, that's right, because we go on autopilot
1: so often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. deep breath for a moment i think i'd like to uh ask if you'd be willing to go in a little bit of a different direction we've talked now about (laughs) we've talked about sort of mindfulness practice certain kinds of mindfulness practice about being aware of the the animate world around us the song that's in all life in all creation we've talked about sort of the terroir of that which is a kind of Which, you know, which leads us to mindful eating, for instance, that when we make a blessing over food or before we take a bite, even if there's no spoken blessing, to have an awareness of the material that makes up this sandwich and the sunshine and the water and the earthworms that made it possible and all of the labor um, that made it possible. Um, We've talked about Shabbat taking time out of time. Um, taking time that's organic, taking time that's not about more. Um, I'd like to um, ask if you'd be willing to take a little walk into Zohar. Zohar is a, a significant Jewish mystical text. It's probably the mystical text that that most people in the world have heard of, Jewish mystical text that people have heard of. Um, and give us a sense of what Zohar looks like, and what kinds of mystical uh, learnings without having access to all of that crazy Aramaic, but just from the model of Zohar, what kinds of mystical learnings might we be able to draw into our own lives?
2: Yes, I, I will do that. You know, can I just say one more thing about uh, about Shabbat. <laughs> I, I promise I'll, I'll make a segue. Okay, because the, the, this this you know is lots of the ideas come to me afterwards. I said and um, and that is Shabbat is the day of the deep breath of the deep breath, right? And uh, this is a teaching of Nachman of Bratslav that the the there is the Jewish tradition of having a more expansive soul on Shabbat or part of the soul that's crumpled up during the week can unfold. We can be more vulnerable and open or something from the divine tree of life, our other part of our, uh, of our soul that we can't access during, it enters us and we are enlarged. But so it's called Nishamayatera, the additional soul, but not surprisingly, the word nishma also means soul breath, soul breath. And yitera means an abundance of. So Nachman reads uh, Shabbat as the day of the deep breath. And it's the deep breath that you take that goes into the asphyxiated parts of your soul, right? And so if you've been holding your breath, clenching it, you have to unclench. And, you, and so you are breathing in deeply and you, you Nachman says think of the places in your body uh, uh in your in in your uh soul body that are tight that are cracked that are that are asphy- asphyxiated and he says send breathe in deeply and then sigh softly into those places into those places that that need the healing breath. And and I do that and I I expand it to think about what is awry in the world of my intimate relations and I sigh into that sending healing breath and into the body politic, um, into our world, uh, into the planet and uh, even divinity, right? And um, that, both encompasses and suffuses our world. Hmm. Um, And I I think that that is a Shabbat practice for me in some ways to do that with the understanding as the mystics teach and as Reb Zalman teaches that there are moments of Shabbat every day of the week. And so we, we, we have these big practices that teach us how to to, to um, bring them in to the everyday.
0: You're listening to a TNS Conversation with Rabbi Elliot Ginsburg and host Erwin Keller.
1: I, I'm, I'm wondering if... How we can be, Zohar. Be, be, Before we move <laughs> to Zohar, if we can just take a moment for people to do yeah, that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. So
2: take a couple of uh, cleansing breaths, breathe in deeply. And breathe out. will do that a couple of times. And you might want to, if you're sitting down, just feel your your body and your shoulders. and um, Feel yourself being, your head being suspended by a thin thread of grace, of al uh, chesed from above you. And... Um, And so, take a moment and see where are the the cracks and the crumpled places and the the spiritual knots that are in us right now. Just breathe in deeply. Then exhale, softly sighing, sending the healing breath into that place. Let's try it again, we'll do it three times. Deep breath in, and softly sigh out. And then just a little bit of an imaginal exercise for the third time. Think of just one or two things where there's some crack in our larger world. And hold it in your mind's eye, breathe in deeply and sigh the healing breath into that place as a kind of prayer and wish. (sighs) Um, And I'll Just say that in Hebrew, um, the lengthening of the breath, um, Nachman calls it uh, to the. He, he uses he relates it to the word in Hebrew, which means the long nose, and uh, in, in Hebrew, which means patience, patience. So this it is the deep breath of patience that that where we move from um, reaction and reactivity to, to more of a thoughtful response and wishing well. And yes, it is, it is not unlike a Tangun practice and Nachman has something that's even more similar to a Tongan practice, but, um, yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the long nose patients. Yes, it's erech er erech
1: And yeah. Which which um Jews in the room might recognize from the 13 attributes that we right. chant on the High Holy Days coming up and also in this month leading up to the High Holy Days. Erchapim. <laughs> yeah, I hear send that to
2: everyone there. Um panelists and attendees. Right. So but literally the long nose, it's like the deep, the deep breath there. Yes. And uh, yes, it, 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 and there, there are practices that I, I think are, you know, you have that really are practices, you know, that Nachman does of of, 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 taking in some of the suffering of the world into oneself and then breathing that out, that, which is much like a Tongan practice. That, that's, that's hard. That's, that's hard. Yeah, I'd, lo-
1: I, I'd like to. I'd like to. I'd like to um, mm-hmm. contain my immense Zohar question. Okay, um, and and uh, and ask um, if you can t- uh, um, tell us specifically about what are the what are the mystical uh, catalysts that seem to be suggested in Zohar um, through the story, through the frame story of the Chavraya. what are the, we have already talked about breath, rest, um, uh, and uh, being in nature and speaking in nature. What are the other suggestions that seem to come up in Zohar's internal stories? Yeah.
2: I'd say the sense that the world is layered, that there are Mysteries that can be that can unfold that divinity is a dynamic, multifaceted presence that itself has a story that is evolving, um, that emerges from a still center, a still center. So It holds both tremendous diversity, the oneness that is an interweaving of being, call it um, the sefirot, those energy centers within the divine, they get gendered and have all kinds of interesting qualities, but that underlying it in the deepest structure is the sense of the infinite, which is beyond uh, the differentiation and, and the gendering. Um, and and there's a movement, there's an unfolding uh, from the divine no thing to the divine self. It's a, w- a word play in Hebrew um, from Ayin, which means the no thing, right, to Ani, the 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 self. Okay, in Hebrew it's the same letters. It's just rearranging the letters in Hebrew and and rearranging consciousness. So. Uh, in the, the Zohar, um, what is it that triggers the, uh, the sense of this multi-leveled uh, experience where you can shift consciousness and hold multiple kinds of consciousness? One thing is um, to realize that, that life is a kind of spiritual adventure, that there's always room for surprise. Um, through looking with new eyes, sometimes um, being playful, being playful. Um, they're very playful with sacred, sacred text. Um, and um, there's also a way in which uh, the, the Zohar can, can be quite embodied. And, um, and so I'll, I'll re- reflect a little bit uh, uh, on that. Um, in um, give you uh, a, an example of oh, I don't know, uh, I, for Shabbat, entering Shabbat and seeing divinity as a rose, for example, as a rose. Um, and um, uh, that there's a way that when you smell the rose. And um, it be, the rose itself is a kind of uh, is a manifestation of the divine energy that is congealed into this particular form. Um, it, the, the the stem of the rose and, and its roots are rooted in Ein It's like an, you have to think of an upside down rose now, and um, and the the petals of the rose are different qualities of compassion of the divine. Um, to smell that rose is to um, and to participate in something of the divine presence and the divine mystery to take that, to take that into you. Um, another I- example, one of my, okay, here's one. Um, what, th- there's one where the, uh, one of the things that's interesting about the Zohar is that it's a kind of social form of mysticism. Okay. And that, Uh, There's a group of companions uh, that bump up against all kinds of um, tricksters and sometimes birds that teach them things and innkeepers and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And they walk um, uh, often on the way, on the untrod path uh, along the road in meadows and so on and so forth. Or sometimes they get up at midnight and, and, and study, right? And they're coming out of sleep in a more liquid state and they get together, they, they open up verses of scripture, they riff on, uh, on those like it's jazz with each other. And so they, they enter different realms of consciousness, but they're talking to each other. Mm. So it's like, it, it, that's why I think of like a jazz ensemble in some ways, you know, where they riff off of the, the, the verse or the head of, of, the, of the song. And, and they're, um, um, so anyhow, they're walk, there's one where they're walking along the way and they come upon a, an oasis and there's this beautiful tree and, and with fruit on it. And there's a a kind of uh, there's there's a pond or actually a wellspring and they stop and they enjoy it. And then they come up with a they think of a verse from Song of Songs, um, uh, thinking about um, a, um, a wellspring of living water and, and streams that are coming from Lebanon. And they see that spot where they are as an emblem of, uh, of the divine, of the, the divine is manifest um, uh, in our world as that wellspring, as that, um, uh, as the, the, the tree, um, and it's, it, it's experienced as a kind of gift, as a kind of gift. And they, they start smelling roses all around. And
1: um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> so, so sort of, you know, translating to us, it's again about sort of having this, what we might call mochin de gadlut, this heightened yes. consciousness yeah. that, you yeah. know, you can, you can smell a rose and it's just a smell. Or you can smell a rose and it's a portal. Right. Um, and how do we make, how do we allow ourselves to have more portals? Oh, yeah. It,
2: I, I'm just thinking right now, in the Zohar, there, there's, there's a place um, where in order to enter into this cave, right, this cave of, of, of uh, kind of Edenic uh, consciousness, that they they, they they smell a rose. And the rose opens the door, opens the gate. And then at the end of, of the journey, you know what they do? They smell an apple. And the apple encodes uh, the deep memory within them. Isn't that interesting? Why it's, an apple? It, well, what I was thinking of, in some ways they entered into some Edenic realm. And so I think they're taking something of the fragrance of, of, of Eden and the memory of it with them, thinking, you know, the, the, the Eden story. And, and, and so there's a way of how do we nurture the glimpses? How do, that's a question Shafa Gold, always, my, uh, my friend and teacher always likes to ask, how do we kind of encode and incorporate it, incorporate in us some of those, some of those mochin de gadlu, those expanded consciousness moments. How do we bring that into everyday life? Yeah, how do we remember
1: it? Make it part of us. And and you, and, and you Reb Elliot, w- what advice do you have to offer on how do we, how do we do that? How do we integrate? How do we integrate Nirvana?
2: Oh, one thing is, I, I think have friends on the path that that can help keep that alive um, for you, for one. Um, another is to, um, to to find sacred teachings and teachers, uh, companions on the way and teachers that can where you can access those those moments. If, if you're an extroverted thinker, as I think I might be at least some of the time. Right. You know, we get we spark each other mm-hmm. um, in that way. And there's a way we can also check in with each other. Um, which I think is to, to reflect on where we've been. Another way is to right. journal, to write. Um, but having align yourself with some practice that's bigger than you, that's deep, and you know, it, it, it could be for some a, a Buddhist path, for some it's a Jewish path, for some it might even be some holy amalgam. You know, in um, uh, uh, but but to to, to um, I think not. Just do what the heart desires when you desire it. It, it. There's something about aligning yourself with 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 a a path of wisdom, which also has its traps. Don't get me wrong, but but that you know Reb Zalman taught that when you align yourself with a larger system of meaning, that that um, that miracles can happen. Something can unfold. So. You know, having a a steady practice, I think, is, uh, you know, sometimes it's seasonal, sometimes it is daily, sometimes it's weekly, and uh, things happen on a different scale, and we need different vitamins, uh, minimum daily spiritual requirement, minimum uh, weekly, monthly, yearly uh,
1: requirements. And folks in the chat are very excited about being holy amalgams. Yeah um the what you're talking about there in this last bit is about how do we live in more than one world at once in the in the sort of uh jewish mystical sense of the four worlds how do you have your feet in this world of action but also be open to spiritual energies be aware of the the flow of wisdom and thought in the universe and also how the divine um how the divine illuminates all of it and you can't be aware of all of that at once for very long (laughs) No, if I, ever I, right but but okay. friends along the path um other other every time you see a rose having the the holy reminders a blessing practice is very um, important blessing practice dream right. practice dream practice as well practice. Uh, a, a, yes. a, an awareness that in our dreams we move into a different world um and then we try to bring those dreams back with us right uh right. these are you know these are all ways to sort of Keep ourselves not just trapped in this physical world of biology and politics, right. um, but to also yeah. be able to see and problem solve from right. other levels. Um, yes, T-
2: totally right about problem solving from other levels. Sometimes I feel uh, this is from the world of prayer, but I think it's from the world of problem solving too. It's it's that in in uh, in in healing there's a sense that you go up one world higher and bring the energy down. In other words, if uh, from a problem-solving perspective, we are just within the frame of the way things have been defined, we it, it, it's blinkered. Um, and so it's, I agree that f- act, seeing it from uh, the world from a different perspective, um, have, having, you know, I, I think is incredibly
1: incredibly important. Um, I want to, uh, I'm aware of time, and I want to ask you something personal. We've been, we've been sure. flying to all sorts of high places today. I want to ask you something tachless, sure. something very, it's just sort of practical and personal, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you teach at a university, you teach Jewish studies, so... <laughs> <laughs> Right? So, which comes is, out of no, totally this true. Wissenschaft, uh, this, this uh, tradition of looking at Judaism at arm's length, right? Being able to describe movements and texts uh, in historical contexts and as part of, part of uh, schools of thought. Um, and you are also a practitioner. And my question for you is, how do you bridge that? Did, which came first if there, was, if there was a sequentiality? How do you hold, um, how did you move into having actual practices, and how do they infuse your life?
2: Wow. Um, in
1: three minutes, right?
2: <laughs> OK. Uh, no, no. You get six. Six, OK. Twice as much oh. time as you thought. It's expensive. Um, so first there's a mountain, then there is no mountain. No. Okay. Um, I, I would say that probably having kinds of uh, experiences of wonder and amazement uh, at a, at an early stage uh, in my life, I think were, I think that came first. And I, I, I think that the, the, but I've always had a strong academic drive and, 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 and a, critical thinking. And, and, and I, I, I experienced as probably many of us did here um, a, a crashing of my world of faith uh, when, when I went up, when I was 18 years old and went off to college. Right. And out of that rubble, <laughs> right. I, I kind of found another, a, a, a path that was, I felt intellectually more honest and, but also emotionally honest. I, I Part of the problem, and when things started, my naive faith uh, fell apart, is that that which gave me among the greatest sipuk nefes, the greatest uh, fulfillment, um, I I, I no longer believed was true. And, And so that just recalibrating that finding different ways finding lessons from some of the mystics and and Boober and and others was very very and having teachers along the way were, that i could talk this out with was incredibly important to me and so when i went to uh i thought i was going to be a rabbi that fell apart then i figured well i am a spiritual being but but i am going to i'm going to study with art green who in some ways, um, uh, melded together uh, spiritual practice w- w- with with uh, with an academic kind of approach, and 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 I did throw myself uh, into that. And I would say for a long time, I, it's not that I, kept, I I totally squelched my my spiritual practice life, but I kept it a little bit sequestered, kept it under a bushel, and there would be settings where I would I would trot it out. And it took me till I was over like forty to, to to say that I have to fundamentally admit that I am I am a spiritual being, and that it's at the core. It's not just at the side. And how there's some things I can integrate. There's some things I'm not always integrating. Right? Sometimes it, I'm. I'm Trying out different practices, I am thankful for some elements of, of critical of, of critical of many elements of critical thinking. It has um, liberated me in, in, in some ways. Um, I, I I I can understand the 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 context of of uh, of uh, the the biblical texts in a different kind of way. At the same time, um, I still feel like I want to. Um, I, I, I want to enter into the text in, in, a, in a different kind of way as well as, as uh, drawing on some of the tools of, of my ancestors and being open to, to, to new new approaches as well. Reading the, the, the Torah after I've been sitting with uh, Sylvia Borstein for, for a week when I, when I did that, for example, gave me new eyes. And, and that was extraordinary. Um, In a nutshell.
1: <laughs> Amen. <sighs> um, maybe we can close with a little bit, uh, a moment of breath, and maybe you'd be willing to bring us back to the Nachman Dvekesnigen. Yes. Perhaps give us a Kavanah or a prompt for it. So this time,
2: I want to say I... I feel the presence of many people here. There's names I know, and there's names I don't know. Um, I want to say I am so grateful to everyone who has showed up here. I'm I'm grateful um, to to the Commonweal New School. I'm grateful to my Haver, my my friend and teacher, um, uh, and maybe student, uh, uh, Erwin. when we i'd like to um dedicate uh, the, the rest of the, this this exercise just to everyone who said to the, to our well-being may blessing flow through us and into the world that so needs healing may we find the inspiration we need uh moments and practices of of resilience um amidst the, the brokenness um and um so let's uh, just do a cleansing breath and do another one and this time I want I invite us to send healing breath to everyone who is here to be connected to know that we are part of a great web of being of a great mystery that is I pray slowly evolving to greater good, greater justice, greater awareness and love. So deep breath and out breath into each other and into the
1: world. (Sings) (Sings) I (Sings) I (Sings)
3: I <Sings> 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 Venomar, Amen.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Reb Elliott. Always such a joy, um, and your joy is contagious. And a Good Shabbos, a Shabbat Shalom, a Sabbath of peace yeah. to you and to everyone in the room. A reminder that there are upcoming new school programs, and uh, uh, Akira put them into the chat. So if you scroll up, you'll find them, and you can also visit TNS org. Thank you everybody for being with us today.
2: Thank you everyone and thank you uh, Ken and Kira for, uh, for creating such a beautiful uh, uh, vessel for us.
0: You've been listening to a TNS conversation with Rabbi Elliot Ginsberg and host Erwin Keller. Thank you for listening to TNS The New School at Commonweal. The New School at Commonweal is directed by Michael Lerner. Our program coordinator is Kara Epstein. Our audio producer is Ken Adams. And our theme music is by Suzanne Chiani. Visit us online at tns.commonweal.org. That's tns.commonweal.org. Commonweal Commonweal is spelled C-O-M-M-O-N-W-E-A-L. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, and Vimeo. Thanks for listening.